Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I am joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, the Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. Hello, Bonnie. It's great to be with you today. It's great to be with you. Maria, it seems more and more we are witnessing young people playing an increased role in the pro-life movement, and today's guest will showcase that. Caitlin San Severino, the executive director of Generation Life, is here to share her, her organization's mission to have young people educate other young people on pro-life issues and chastity. They believe abortion can be ended at its root cause. Generation Life is bringing light and life into classrooms and churches and expanding the pro-life generation throughout the tri-state area. In addition, Maria will update us on the pro-abortion legislation pushed in the United States House of Representatives, the Ensuring Women's Right to Reproductive Freedom Act, and the so-called Women's Health Protection Act. But first, we'll start with a little bit of inspiration. And this one's very personal for me. I hope you find inspiration in it. Today is July 20th. And on another very hot July 20th, 35 years ago, I became a mom. Our daughter, Caitlin, came into this world at 7.03 a.m. and changed everything for us. We were young and not financially prepared for a baby. We were both still in college and hoped to continue our education, which we were both self-financing. In fact, we weren't even married yet, although that would change three months after Caitlin's birth. We had no money. We had to live with my parents for a while. And we had to lean pretty heavily on our support systems to get by, including public assistance. But today, my husband, Tim, and I have been married for almost 35 years. And we added four more children to our family and also enjoy four grandchildren. We both completed college and went on to advanced degrees, for me, a master's degree, and for my husband, a Juris Doctorate. Despite a really rocky start, our family enjoys a beautiful life for which we are so grateful. So what was it that helped us get from that point of vulnerability as a needy young couple with a baby to the point we are at today? Well, it's the same thing that young couples today who are in a similar situation need. Acceptance, encouragement, resources, mentorship, material support, emotional support, and most of all, unconditional love from family, friends, and community. Our own families and friends may have been taken aback by the news of our unplanned pregnancy, but they were with us on the journey from the very beginning. They were all in. And that is what all of us are called to do today in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our churches. We must remember that no matter the timing or circumstance, once a baby is conceived, there is a new human life needing nurturing. And there is also at that moment already a mother and a father who need us. So I'll ask, if your daughter or granddaughter or your son or grandson came to you with news of an unplanned pregnancy, how would you respond? That is a scenario that every one of us should be prepared to encounter. If we are truly to champion the pro-life cause, 
We need to think about that and be ready to put aside any possible disappointment of dashed dreams or the temptation to judge harshly. If we are truly to make abortion unthinkable in our society, we must walk the walk and talk the talk of true unconditional acceptance and support. We must be willing to offer our time, our resources, our own sacrifices to young couples who are up against all the odds. So many pro-lifers do that already, but we must continue to do it and do it to a greater extent than ever before because a child's life depends on it. So let us imagine a hard situation and our response to it. And let it be similar to the one my husband and I received when we said we were pregnant at age 18 and 19. Today, our baby is 35 years old. She's married to an outstanding guy and they have four beautiful children who we adore beyond all measure. This is what can happen when everyone involved in an unplanned pregnancy sees beyond the moment and allows love, not fear, to be at the root of all actions. This is what the pro-life movement is called to create in our world. Maria. Bonnie, that's one of the best inspirational segments I've ever heard. Thank you so oh, much thank for sharing you. it. The following is from a National Right to Life news release. The National Right to Life Committee, the Federation of Right to Life Affiliates in each of the 50 states and the District of Columbia denounced pro-abortion House Democrats for pushing abortion on demand and failing to vote to protect mothers and their unborn children. The House votes included votes on two measures brought by pro-abortion Democrats, H.R. 8297, the so-called Ensuring Women's Right to Reproductive Freedom Act, and H.R. 8296, the so-called Women's Health Protection Act. In response, Republican leadership put forward two pro-life measures, a motion to recommit on the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, and a motion to recommit on the Child Interstate Abortion Notification Act. Pro-abortion Democrats in the House have a no-limits approach to abortion on demand, said Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. The votes show that Democrats are not interested in protecting women and their unborn children. They are only interested in protecting the interests of the abortion lobby. H.R. 8297, the so-called Ensuring Women's Right to Reproductive Freedom Act, contains numerous provisions aimed at preventing enforcement of state laws, particularly when it comes to protective state laws regulating chemical abortion. Further, this legislation could affect state laws involving parental consent and the abortions of minors. Additionally, there are provisions that could be used to shield abusers and human traffickers from liability, perhaps even empowering them to bring civil actions against their victims or the state. Tobias said, HR 8297 could cause further harm to women and girls by potentially shielding abusers and human traffickers. This bill is reckless, but pro-abortion Democrats are more interested in protecting an industry than protecting its victims. H.R. 8297 passed with a vote of 223 to 205. In addition, the House voted once again to pass the so-called Women's Health Protection Act with a vote of 219 to 210. The so-called Women's Health Protection Act should be called the No Limits on Abortion Until Birth Act, said Tobias. This legislation would have made sweeping changes 
including expanding taxpayer funding of abortion and eliminating requirements that a woman be given information about the development of her unborn child so she can make an informed decision. The Women's Health Protection Act has already been voted down twice in the Senate. Bonnie. Thank you so much, Marie. It's so important that people understand how radical these bills are. So really appreciate that information. Well, it's my delight to introduce today's guest. Caitlin Sanseverino serves as the executive director for Generation Life, a dynamic movement of young people committed to building a culture of life by educating other young people on the pro-life and chastity messages. Caitlin graduated with her bachelor's degree in psychology from Temple University. A few years after college, she experienced a conversion of heart which led her to full-time work as a pro-life and chastity speaker. She has a heart for speaking to young women on finding their worth and identity in Christ. When she is not speaking in the classroom, Caitlin stays busy running around with her toddler. She is grateful to be able to share the joyful messages of life and love. And we are so grateful to Caitlin for joining us today. Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What is Generation Life and how did it get its start? Yes. So we have been around for 20 plus years. We are a nonprofit. And basically, we speak to other young people on the messages of life and love. So we promote the virtue of chastity to end abortion at its root cause. So you could say our organization is on the preventative side of abortion. We know that around 87% of women who are having abortions are unmarried to the father of the child. So Basically, its inception was started from a group of people 20 plus years ago, really around Villanova University, who were praying and counseling out front of abortion clinics and really just felt like they were too late. They were talking to these women. You have so you have so little time to talk to them, trying to change their mind. And they just felt like we're too late. If only we had were able to reach them when they were 15, 16, 17, earlier in their years, we could have explained the beautiful message and the purpose and the gift of our sexuality as men and women, the proper context of our sexuality, then they may not have be, they might not be darkening the doors of Planned Parenthood. So for 20, 22 plus years, we are still committed to that mission. And we speak primarily to seven through 12. We also speak to grandparents. Actually, we have parent teacher meetings. We speak to college students, youth groups, camps. So really wherever we go, we, wherever we're requested, we'll go. And we also be sure to include every week we are praying and counseling in front of abortion clinics. Wow, that's, well, as you can tell by my inspiration segment, this is something that I could really relate to, right? Yes. If I, I wish generational life had been around, but I mean, I wouldn't wish my life any other way. Obviously, I'm so glad um, for the gift of my daughter, but it is the work you're doing is so incredibly important. Um, I'd like to know a little bit about where you go to give your talks. Like what is, do you go to um, private schools, public schools? And in terms of the geography, how far do you go? Yes. So we primarily go to Christian Catholic schools. We have been to public schools in the past. So we have to basically that would be catered to their health class or an abstinence only where therein lies some of the issues because abstinence teaches what you're not supposed to do. 
whereas chastity is teaching you the why. And so there, there is a big difference there where you come in and you're talking about, oh, an abstinence talk, great, all of the things I can't do. And so the kids want to shut, shut you out until you explain the why behind it. Oh, okay, this makes sense. So that's primarily where we go is the grade schools and high schools in the tri-state area. We're based out of Philadelphia. So we do a lot right here, but we'll also go to New York, Delaware, New Jersey. We're giving a talk at DeSales University tonight. So basically in this area, but like I said, in the past, we've gone to Florida, we've gone to Minnesota. So we are, will travel basically to, to bring these messages. And, and I'm so touched by your story as well, Bonnie, because more people need to hear this, that just because something is hard and it might be messy and unplanned doesn't mean that it's not a gift and that there's always a plan in the unplanned. So thank you for sharing because you're giving me material and more content for my talks. Oh, great. Well, it's a mutual benefit then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are some of the major initiatives that you're pursuing right now? So right now we are really working on doing our best to reach college students. The college dating scene and is, is really just hanging on through life support at this moment. We have the hookup culture. We have swiping left, swiping right. There's no meaningful relationships. And so as a result, abortions are occurring and women are, are finding themselves pregnant at, from this culture where we're unable to communicate with each other. We're getting to this point where we are more comfortable having a few drinks we're getting into bed with a stranger. We may not even know this person or a fling. And then we are getting a cup of coffee or talking with them in person. And so we are really seeing this need to reach more college students to keep this message going. So we created a presentation titled Dating with Dignity. Really, how do we bring the dignity back into dating? How can we make this different and just break through really getting back to basics of of what is the meaning of relationships? What's the purpose of dating? What's the purpose of sex? What are really just breaking it down and giving practical steps in terms of dating, asking someone out, things to do, things not to do. So we're really excited about that. We've been to several colleges now and it's been met with a really good response. Another initiative that we do every single summer is called Beach Outreach which is very unique to Generation Life. And basically this got started that we, especially in the Philadelphia area, it's very common for high school students when they graduate, they go down the shore for the summer. And so they go for senior week or for the summer and we know all of the things that could happen. I was one of those people too. So it speaks very highly to me because I have my own conversion. So I, I get it and I have been there. So we go down the shore for a few days and we literally just walk up to the young men and women on the beach, on the boardwalk, you know, they're tanning and we're going up to them like, Hey, can we talk to you about dating and relationships? And we have some really great conversations. So we do that every summer. We just wrapped up this past June and every year we get an amazing group of volunteers and we just have these awesome conversations of, you can just see seeds are planted and we're just, really talking about people like, hey, you can start over, that your past doesn't define your future, and that God has a plan for you, even in the messiness of life, that he still sees you, 
and you can start over. And really, we can't hear that enough, no matter what age we are, you know, 14, 24, 54, that God has a plan for you and that we can always hit that reset button. So those are really our big initiatives right now. So we're very excited about them. Well, Caitlin, those messages are so countercultural to what kids hear in the media today. Um, so I'm wondering a few things. I'm wondering, first of all, in general, how are your presentations received by the students? And then secondly, I'm wondering if you could share a, a few success stories um, where you saw your work really making an impact on someone. Yes, yes. I will say as someone who had my own conversion, if you had told me in my early 20s that I would be giving pro-life and chastity messages, I probably would have laughed and just said, no way. Even though I, I grew up in a very pro-life family, you have to make it your own and you have to be able to stand up for yourself and, and be convicted of it. So I really tried to bring that piece into my presentations to be authentic because I, I know what it's like to be on the other side and to have these questions. And it's really easy to fall into what the media is saying because it's so loud. And so if you're really not hearing other opinions or voices, then it's so easy to fall into the, the pro-abortion propaganda. So I've been doing this now for about seven years, and I have noticed a shift throughout those years. I was even talking to my colleagues about this just the other day, is that I'll start with the pro-life and then, and then switch to the chastity talk. I would say since COVID, uniquely enough, the past two years, I have noticed from the younger students, let's say seventh and eighth grade, there is a little bit more pushback than we didn't have before COVID. And one of the reasons that we think is, like you said, from the social media, a lot of these students are on TikTok. A lot of them are on Instagram, and we know that it's very loud, and the messages that they're hearing are completely absurd, but they're buying into them because they don't have enough pro-life media. They're not seeing enough truth. So we have faced some opposition with the seventh and eighth graders, which is surprising. We do include a section on fetal development. And they love this section because they're told, as we all know, it's a clump of cells, it's a blob of tissue. And so we really go through the humanity of the unborn at every stage. They look differently than you and I do, but they look appropriate for their age. And so that seems to be like the light bulb. And then you'll have some students who will say, really, really just truly innocent. Like, I just don't understand why abortion is legal. They cannot fathom why it is. And they, they just see that it's so wrong. And then we have some other students, a lot of the girls, way more than the boys, a lot of the girls are coming up with my body, my choice, reproductive rights. Now the high schoolers, you are, we have found that we're more able to get into a dialogue with them where they're raising their hand in the middle of a presentation. Okay, well, what about this? What if a woman experiences this? What if her boyfriend is leaving her? What if she gets kicked out? All of these questions. And so we, we go there and we address them. And we have found that maybe it's a maturity level, but the high schoolers are much more receptive to entering in a dialogue and hearing, quote unquote, the other side. And I, I have seen like many people, I'll ask them, we do post talk surveys and we have seen students change their mind. It, it's hard to, to really measure the success, so to speak, of this work because we're, we're going in and planting seeds at one, one presentation at a time. 
and just praying that, you know, God will do the rest and it will be watered. And, and so we have, have students, young men and women saying after this presentation, I'm pro-life, like I didn't know this, or I didn't know the resources available. And we're really big on resources, especially since the decision post Roe versus Wade, a lot of people want to know, well, if not abortion, then what? And so we are just piling it on. And that has been a game changer. So with the with the chastity presentation, sometimes as, as a high school student or like a 14 year old, you're like, oh, we're having a speaker come in and they're going to tell us not to have sex and all the things we can't do. So they're just like, okay, great. They're going to shut down. We do a, a we are very take it very seriously and that we're delivering these messages, not only truthfully, but joyfully, because it is, it is a joyful message of life and love and and the virtue of chastity. And so my one, my one colleague, Dom, he was speaking to high school students and he walked into the class and he heard one of the boys say in the front, Oh, great. What's this weirdo going to have to say to us, which just made me laugh. After the talk, the same, the same, senior in high school came up to Dom and said, shook his hand and said, everyone needs to hear this. Thank you. And and left. So we see things like this happen a lot with the chastity talk where we're coming in and saying, you deserve real love. You deserve not to be used. Do we really want a love that's going to last two weeks, three weeks, four months? Chastity is the key that unlocks the romance without the regret, the freedom from, from heartbreak to know if we're being used and, 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 or, or using someone else. And you can see the wheels start to turn. We always include personal testimonies too. So it's not a lecture. No one wants to be talked at talk to. So we include a lot of stories for them and I share my own stories and that's really speaks to them. So one time I was speaking in all girls high school in the inner city and this young woman put on her survey who I could tell she was really fighting me on the talk. And she said, um, I think this talk was so um, misogynistic and the talk could not empower women more at the same time I had. So like, clearly like there was, there was a hurt there going on at the same time, same class. I had this girl come up to me afterwards and she said, I just want to share with you a little bit of my story. She said, I love this presentation. She said, I was raped when I was 12 years old. I was forced to have an abortion. I lived with my aunt after that. My aunt is a Christian woman. And she told me that God loves me so much and has a plan for my life. And she's like, your talk just spoke to me because I know that my past doesn't define my future. I know that God loves me and has a plan for me. I don't always hear stories as radical and as traumatic as that, but this is, this is the message that we need to hear that truth speaks to people and young men and women were being inundated. I mean, you know, myself included on social media, there's just a lot of junk and it's really loud and it's really easy to fall into that you are insignificant and it doesn't matter. And your, your choices don't matter, but it's like, God has a plan for all of us. And our past doesn't define our future. So, so that speaks to the men and the women because we call the men, you, you're, you're made for greatness. You are made, you're called to protect and, and use your strength for the good. Uh, whereas a lot of these boys now are um, being put down. So we just try to build them up and we have a good response. Do you think that Generation Z, also known as the Zoomers, are more likely to be pro-life? 
This is a tough one because like we've been saying, it, the other side is really loud. They have more campaign, they have more resources. So I think we will have a tougher time with that generation. That being said, I think we're also going to see some amazing voices raised up who are truly convicted. I mean, I, I say it, I was at, gave one presentation and this girl was only 13. She was the only pro-life person in her family. They all would constantly coming down on her for being pro-life and she was so convicted. Now that's the girl that's going to be a leader. So if we can raise up and encourage and support these men and women who are going to be pro-life to have to be courageous, I think we can see a big difference. We've already talked about the challenge of social media. Um, what are some other obstacles uh, that you face in delivering these life-affirming messages to young people? I think one of the greatest challenges is relativism, where a lot of the students are of the opinion, well, personally, I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't tell someone else to. I'm against abortion, but I wouldn't tell someone else to and like live and let live mentality. And so we're losing our moral compass that just because something is legal doesn't make it right as we can look back to history. So we are seeing a lot of that where we're really trying to have to delve more and really ask them questions to have them critically think about what, what they're saying is that not to just go along with the flow. So we've been running into a lot of that. Um, just, yeah, just live and let live whatever is best for the other person. And so drawing them back to basics. Okay. But, but what, what is the best decision here for our culture, humanity, families, as a whole. How can people help support your life-saving, life-changing work? Yeah, so plenty of ways people can volunteer with us. We have so many opportunities to volunteer with Generation Life, get involved. If people feel called to support, they can go to our website, generationlife.org. You can find some resources there if you feel called to support our mission on a monthly basis, yearly, whatever it may be. A one-time gift is so grateful. We're just so grateful for that because it helps us bring not only these presentations to the students, but materials. And you can also visit us on Instagram, generation underscore life. Caitlin, in the minute we have left, do you have any final thoughts? Um, just say thank you for one, for what you're doing. Uh, it's definitely needed. And for anyone listening, just know that your life is a gift. And like you said, Bonnie, have those conversations with your children because you just never, you never know what situation someone is in. And we always want to know that they're loved and they're accepted. And just because something is going to be hard, doesn't mean that it's bad, that life is a gift. Thank you so much. That was very powerful and very inspirational. Caitlin Sanseverino serves as the executive director for Generation Life, a dynamic movement of young people committed to building a culture of life by educating other young people of the pro-life and chastity messages. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. Thank you for joining us for the program today. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life.